What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome in to Duval Daily, presented by GenJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thank you so much for being here. Today we have a very, very special guest, Ian Cummings of Pro Football Network. One of the, in my opinion, foremost draft minds out there. Love your work, covering the draft year-round for the most part. Really happy to have you here. Thanks for coming on, Ian. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's been a while. It's been since uh, last cycle around this time, I think, actually. It was February or March or maybe April, right? Bottom line, it's been at least 10 months, right? So it's been a yeah, while, but we're getting geared up again. I do have an update. My You see my handle down there, Ian Cummings 9. It's actually IC underscore draft now on Twitter. So updated handle. But yeah, it's been a great draft season. Got back from Vegas for the Shrine Bowl last week i want to say and that was a great experience a lot of talent there and at the senior bowl as well and we're getting to the combine now man it's it's just chugging along it's gonna be you know in the rear view mirror before we know it but for now we have a lot of time to sit back and you know sift through all the all the developments so it's fun yeah and we've got a little over a month before free agency will which will obviously inform some of what happens in the draft you know teams crossing out those needs and, and potentially moving on to different needs or, or different areas of their roster that they want to address. But of course, today we're here to talk about the Jaguars and your three round mock draft and specifically what the Jaguars did in that draft, how you think it, it impacts the team, all that fun stuff. We're going to dive into it here on Duval Daily. Again, make sure to follow Ian on Twitter. He, he provides scouting report. How many scouting reports do you have out so far? Oh man, I gotta I gotta update the spreadsheet, but uh, I think we're we're getting near 200. I want to say. Yeah, so, I mean, if there's a guy that you're interested in this draft class, Ian Cummings has probably watched him. Probably has a nice uh, scouting report. Either him or Ollie or one of the other guys at Pro Football Network. Um, they do a great job. So again, go check it out. I'll drop a link in uh, in the description below for Ian's uh, current three round mock draft. But let's go ahead and dive into it from the Jaguars' perspective. Um, Bit of a blockbuster to kick this one off for the Jaguars in the first round. As most of y'all know, the Jags, they're currently slated to pick 24th overall. Uh, Would have been 25th, but the Dolphins obviously um, had their pick taken away from them. So Jaguars picking at 24, but Ian does not have them selecting at 24 overall. Has the Jaguars trading up to 16 with the Washington Commanders. The Jags give up their... their, their 24th pick, their 88th pick, which is their third rounder, and uh, a fourth round pick as well, the 121st overall pick. In exchange, again, the Jaguars get up to 16 overall, and they receive a 2024 fourth. So you're essentially swapping 23 and 2024 fourth round picks and then also giving up your third round pick. So basically, the Jaguars are losing out on third round pick to move up to 16 overall. And they're taking cornerback Devon Witherspoon out of Illinois. I'll let you take the floor with Devon Witherspoon here. 
Yeah, for sure. And, you know, with any trade, right, you know, with any mock draft, right, you know, it's it's not set in stone. You know, I, I write a lot of these every year. So I try to mix it up and kind of play with different outcomes. And so that's what this was. You know, obviously, you know, everyone's going to pay attention to the quarterback trades early on. Right. But every year there's a few non quarterback trades. Like if you really like a guy, if two teams are kind of moving in opposite directions and want to move up and down the board, then they make a deal for that. And in this particular situation, you know, I look at the Jaguars as a team. They don't have a ton of needs left. You know, they have some work to do in free agency to retain guys, Evan Ingram, a few others. But, you know, I think looking at the roster top to bottom, it's not a bad roster. We saw that in the playoffs. Trevor Lawrence is coming into his own. I think if you're the Jaguars, you can be aggressive to get one or two of those final big pieces and really go for it. Right. So I think if the price is right and if the board falls that way. So, you know, looking at this mock draft, I think it fell pretty well for them in Washington as well. Washington sticks out to me as a team that, you know, if they can't add a quarterback, maybe they, you know, have reason to trade down, right? Because they need to address the interior offensive line. There's not really a guy that I see worthy of that 16th pick on the interior offensive line. So you've got Jacksonville, who's in a position to potentially be aggressive and make a move up, and Washington, who's in a position to maybe trade down, get some capital. And it fell into place for this one because I think Devin Witherspoon is a guy who's very much worth that 16th pick, especially for the Jaguars, because looking at his play style, the way that he can fit that defense. Tyson Campbell is becoming a very, very good player on the boundary. Darius Williams played really well down the stretch on the opposite side. So I think there's a really good opportunity to move Witherspoon into the slot and just let him eat. He can play on the boundary too if you, if you need him to. He's got that flexibility. But the short area athleticism, the high energy twitch in short spaces, the physicality, the instincts and coverage, the playmaking ability – He's got all of that. So I'm a big fan of Witherspoon, what he has to offer. He's a little bit on the lighter side, right, around the 180s. But I do think, you know, he has enough size to compete. He's just a tough guy. He's just a very instinctive, fast-flowing player in all phases. So I think that if you're the Jaguars, getting that, you know, potentially elite slot guy to complete that secondary, that's one of your final pieces. And if, if there's a guy like Witherspoon there who can be that tone setter, that enforcer, that playmaker – I say you go get him. So I think that was one of those moves where be aggressive, get your guy. And I think the Jaguars had an opportunity to do that. here. I love that. And you talk about leveling up um, a, a team that clearly over exceeded expectations in 2022, making it all the way to the divisional round and really giving the chiefs everything they could handle for a lot of that football game. Now, as we said, it's time. How do you get beyond the divisional round? How do you get to where you're not playing in week 18 for an opportunity to win your division, where you've sealed up that division a little bit earlier, where you've sealed up your playoff spot a little bit earlier? How do you take that next step? I believe if if this was the scenario that happened in the first round, this would represent a a, a potential path that leads the Jaguars to getting to that next step because Devon Witherspoon, as you've mentioned, not only is he incredibly talented and sticky in coverage, you know, very physical, he has that mindset of an alpha. And I think adding that type of mindset to a football team that, uh, that I think has grown some of those guys, you know, homegrown some of those guys that have that alpha mindset, but I think they need another guy like you've said, um, in the secondary to really put them in a, a position where could you cover a Travis Kelsey a little bit better? Could you cover a Jamar Chase if you end up having to play him in the in the playoffs a little bit better? Just uh, and, and cover in the middle of the field. I mean, it's been a problem for the Jaguars for a really long time. Devon Witherspoon, he did primarily play outside for Illinois, at least this past season. I know you mentioned his quick twitch and, and his physicality. You think he would be able to make the transition inside pretty seamlessly for the Jaguars? Yeah, I do. And I think the, the key word also is having that flexibility. You know, like he can play the bound. Like, you know, he's shown he can do it, but he's also shown he can move inside too. He did play the slot a little bit for Illinois. And when he did, you know, I think he did show translatable traits. I think that a okay. lot of the, the traits that he shows on the boundary – Again, the short area athleticism, the foot, the uh, foot speed, the footwork, uh, you know, being able to sink and transition with guys and jam them at the stem, right? You know, a lot of those things that allows him to succeed on the boundary. I think he's got what it takes to come inside as well. But, you know, hey, if you like a matchup with Williams better, you know, on the slot, you know, you can flip these guys around if needed. You know, you don't need to stick and, and just hold a guy where, you know, in one spot, right? I think you can be flexible if you're the Jaguars. And I think 
having the ability to do both things is good. And it, say, if it, let's say you've got a safety, right? Like maybe you want to, you know, take Trey Dean in round four or something. He's a guy who projects really well as a big slot. Maybe put him there on some situations if it's a bigger guy, like a move tight end, right? So I think mm-hmm. being flexible in multiple is an asset that this pick in particular provides you, right? You know, if you want to move him to the boundary, you can. I think just having that dynamic, that dynamic trio, that dynamic rotation at corner, uh, can really help. But I think, yeah, I, I do think if you put him into a primary slot role at the next level, I don't think he'd skip a beat because he's got the athletic tools and he's got the mental tools to do it. Yeah, he's such a dog out there. love watching his take. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't have that much expectation going into him. It's an Illinois guy, you know, not highly recruited at all. But he made the most out of his time in, in Illinois and and – Really, for me, he's CB2. I still have Christian Gonzalez in front of him. I'm not sure about how he ranks up on your board. Yeah, I have a my top three is I got Gonzalez at number one, and I've had Joey Porter at number two. I'm I'm gonna be going back and forth with him and Witherspoon okay. at CB2, I think, because I love Porter's you know length. I think I saw a report that he might have 35 inch arms, which is insane for a corner. It shows that up, is. man. But you know, he's got the the length and the fluidity to really dictate routes on the boundary. I love that about him. I do think Witherspoon may be a bit more explosive, a bit more athletic in the short ranges, right? I, I do think Porter's very fluid, but with with Witherspoon, you just have that high-energy twitch and that high-energy play style. Um, they're both super physical, but I think Witherspoon kind of takes this step up and is really that dog, like you said. So it's going to be fun to see how they how they grade out. That's my top three. I'm a big fan of all those guys. Yeah, I love Joey Porter Jr. as well. Not as much of the hip fluidity and quickness, I don't think, from Joey Porter as – Witherspoon and, and and Gonzalez, even though he presents other areas that make it difficult, like you said, those incredibly long arms. Mm-hmm. Do you think Witherspoon is going to, um, when he measures and all that, do you think he's going to come in with the length that teams are looking for for an outside corner? I think I don't think he'll be quite as long as some of the other top guys, but I do think the proportional length will be enough. You know, right? Yeah. It's always it's always a question of you know if he doesn't have long thirty two inch arms or plus, right? is he at least like over the 30 mark, like in a position where, you know, he's not a liability. He has enough of a catch radius to make an impact, you know, and and, and disrupt guys. I think that's where he's going to be. He's going to be in that range, right? I think that was a similar conversation that we have with Derek Stingley, right? I mean, he didn't really measure in with super long arms, but you look on tape, you know, is it a liability for him? It's not, you know, he has enough to work with. And I think, I think that's a similar discussion. I think Witherspoon's going to measure in longer than Stingley, but I do think, you know, not elite, but enough. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with you there. And that is one thing that I think about with Trent Baalke and his first round picks. You've seen length, you've seen size. I wonder, obviously Witherspoon projects as a guy who can play outside or inside. I wonder if that's going to be key for them. Like, uh, cause a lot of folks have mocked them to like, maybe want to go get a Brian Branch or, or someone who's like more of a nickel slash safety specific player. I think they're if they're going to draft a corner to play nickel early, I think it's going to be someone who they can see transitioning outside in the future. Because Darius Williams, he is going to be 30 this upcoming year. Um, he doesn't have a super long contract. So I think the guy they draft, if it is a corner early on, it's going to be someone who they want to transition outside uh, in the future when, when, the, when, when the time comes. And then you can kind of keep replacing that nickel it's not a, a position that's difficult to get someone who's competent to play at that spot. Mm-hmm. And that's a you know situation that Witherspoon fits really well into. You know, as we said before, you know, has the ability to play the boundary very well. He's shown he can move into the slot. And again, that's what you're looking for, flexibility. You know, I think a lot of people try to pigeonhole guys into certain roles. But like you said, you know, the roster makeup is always dynamic, right? So you need to be able to move guys around if you can. And I think Witherspoon definitely provides you an opportunity to do that, which is an added bonus on top of the utility he already provides on the field. Now, Love the pick. I think it would be fantastic. I think it would be a step in the right direction towards leveling up. Um, Is there a concern about giving up so much draft capital for a non-quarterback? You know, we always see a lot of people are much bigger fans of trading down than trading up when it comes to draft theory. 
Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, it's an interesting question. And I, I do think, again, I'll preface with this, you know, I'm not an expert when it comes to trade valuation, right? Because I think it's different every time, right? I mean, there's always different dynamics. How much is the team willing to give up? How many other teams are vying for that same spot, right? You know, how aggressive are they willing to be? Uh, you know, so there's always a lot of variables, right? So I, I think pigeonholing it is tough. You know, it, sometimes it'll be a little more expensive. Sometimes it'll be a little cheaper, right? So, you know, whenever there's, especially a non-quarterback trade, the conversation is going to be, you know, do we want to make this move? How much are we willing to pay for it, right? And I think the Jaguars in particular, like I said earlier, you know, I think they're in a position, right, where they don't have a ton of big needs remaining on the roster. There's going to be some upkeep to do this offseason, but I think they're starting to get to that level where it's like, we can be a little more aggressive for those final pieces that are really important, especially in the main phases. You you look at, you know, what's the most you know impactful phase of the game, the passing game, right? So I think on offense, they've done a great job protecting Trevor Lawrence, getting him weapons. They got Calvin Ridley, you know, on deck next year to go along with Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, all the other guys, right? So I think they're doing a good job there. And then on the defensive side, Trayvon Walker, you know, showed flashes this year, still very much tools over refinement, but you're hoping that you can take that leap. Um, they got to add another guy in the edge rotation this year, but things are looking up, you know, and then you're looking at the cornerback room. You got Darius Williams, who's playing very well at the moment. Like you said, he's getting older, right? But for now, you know, things are looking up there. And then obviously Tyson Campbell, I mean, is playing extremely well at a high level. So, you know, I think impacting the pass, you know, kind of sustaining the pass on offense and impacting it on defense those are the areas that you want to target and be aggressive and fulfilling. And I think the Jaguars in particular, with the way their roster is trending, have an opportunity to be aggressive and fill that need. So I think, you know, for me, it's always going to be a, going to generate a little bit of apprehension when you're doing when you're trading that much and it's not a quarterback. But if you're a team that's in a position to potentially take that next step and you need one more piece to do it and you're worried the board won't fall your way or that guy might not be there. If there's a suitor at, say, 16 who's willing to come down, you know, willing to make a deal, you know, you got to consider it. So I think – and again, if I do another mock draft tomorrow, odds are I'm not making that move. Odds are they stay at 24, they pick someone, right? But if you're a draft analyst and you're writing mocks over and over again, you got to kind of entertain different possibilities and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, you got to spice it up. And, and it's not just spicing it up. It's also just showing different – yeah, it's things that could happen. It's legitimately, yeah, you know, I would be doing a disservice, I think, to people if I just did the same combinations every time, right? Like people will say, you know, oh, it's just, you know, just to create some buzz. No, it's, you know, we, there's endless, an endless amount of combinations for how this draft is going to occur. Any team could deal it from any spot. You know, there's dozens of players that could pick, right? So, you know, we have to really do a full counting. And the only way to do that is be open to all the possibilities. And this is just one of them. Yeah, and I think when you look at this trade from a big picture perspective, too, um, you know, giving up a third and a fourth to move up, it's not nothing. It's significant capital, but you are recouping the fourth next year. So you're really only giving up a third. Um, obviously, you're not going to get that fourth round pick until 2024, but it's not like you're you're mortgaging your entire draft class. To yeah, go get Devon Witherspoon. It's taken a measured, a calculated risk to move up for a guy who can help take your game to the next level. So it's it's all about the opportunity cost and seeing if it's worth it, you know, if you like the guy enough. And again, that's something that every team's gonna have a different equation for, but it's it's fun to parse through it and kind of explore in the offseason. Yeah, and you have seen Trent Balky take some of those calculated risks those, sure. uh so far. I mean, the Calvin Ridley trade was the perfect example of it in my opinion, you know, not something that a lot of people really predicted to happen. I don't think anybody thought Calvin Ridley was going to be on the move until maybe this off season. Uh, but the Jags got ahead of the game. Maybe they could do that again in the draft by going and getting a guy who they value as like a top two corner uh, in the class to come in and help solidify that, that secondary. And, and again, bring some of that, that attitude, some of that dog to the field for the Jaguars. I think it'd be fantastic yeah, but let's say sure. the Jags do stay at 24. They don't trade up. Is there a scenario you like best for them and if that ends up happening? Well, I think the best one is if one of those guys that you want to trade up for ends up falling to you, right? And again, you know, it's one of those things. We can't say that it's going to happen. We can't say it won't happen either, right? Like Brian Branch, for me, is a top 10 prospect. A tremendous fan of his game you know if if you put me on the spot and say is there a chance he'd be there at 24 i'd say no right but 
you can never speak in absolutes with the NFL draft because we've seen crazier things happen, right? So there's always, you know, at least a 0.001% chance that a guy might fall. And as long as that chance is there, yeah, the best outcome is if Brian Branch is there at 24 or Devin Witherspoon is there at 24, take that guy Mm -hmm. because you have an actionable role for him to fill on the defense. He fits it very well and the value is there too. So I think, you know, the best case scenario for the Jaguars is if that that need and value proposition really was to coalesce and come together with one of those guys, that would be the best case. Obviously, you know, if you put me on the spot and say it's going to happen, I'd say probably not. You know, I think Brian Branch, if I had to guess, Maybe a top 15 guy. Obviously, we don't know. But, you know, that's where I would value him, right? So, at a certain point, I'd, you know, I'd be making a move up to get him, you know, if that's the case. And Witherspoon, I, you know, he's trending up. He's CB2 for a lot of people, right? You know, some people he's CB1. and There's a viable mm-hmm. argument for that. So, I think even without the elite size and length, you know, I do think there's enough there where he could come off the board in the top 20 as well. So, I think, you know, odds are they're probably not going to be there. So, if they're not... I would always say play the value of the board. That's the thing for me, you know, but I think for the Jaguars, you know, maybe you need another guy in the edge rotation. So I would potentially look at that position to fill. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of guys in that range who could be, and the value might not be there as well. You know, maybe if if you don't like the value, you trade down a little bit, maybe get a guy like Felix and DK Uzama early round two or something. Right. You know, I think the key is to be flexible for the Jaguars because you're in an interesting spot where your top targets probably won't be there. Maybe they will. And if they're not, there's a good chance that the value won't quite be there uh, at other positions. So you might be better served to trade down and kind of go on the opposite end, get more capital, get more picks. And, you know, there's good depth in that, you know, 30 to 70 range in this class. So, you know, you get some picks in there, you strengthen the roster. You know, I think there's a lot of different ways that they can do it. Yeah, absolutely. And how about for a team that, as you've stated, and I agree, I think cornerback and pass rush, you know, affecting the opposing passer, the opposing passing game is the name of the game for this Jaguars group. How about the depth and, or just the depth at cornerback and edge mm-hmm. or cornerback and pass rush? Cause there's a fair amount of interior rushers in this class too. Uh, I think the Jags are pretty lucky to, to have a class like this and be selecting in the areas they're selecting. Um, I think it just kind of lines up for them pretty perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned interior pass rushers as well. Another guy at 24 who could be there, you know, is Brian Brzee out of Clemson. You know, another guy who's very disruptive, explosive. Injuries might push him down the board. That's going to be the big wild card for him. But he's another very good one at that point. But to to go to the original question, you know, about the depth of those positions, it's very good. And I think in particular corner is what you're looking at, a very, very deep position group. If you're looking for you know, whether it's a future need on the boundary or a guy that can come into the slot right away, you know, there's a ton of options in this class to the point where maybe even in round four, early day three, you could get a guy who can be an immediate contributor, right? I, I look at a guy like Keytrell Clark from Louisville or Travis Hodges Tomlinson from TCU. Size is not going to be on these guys' side. They're both undersized for the position, but they're very good football players. I mean, it, sometimes that's a simple argument to make, but you turn on the tape. Keytrell was phenomenal at the Shrine Bowl. You know, he was recognizing plays quickly. He was competing at the catch point. He's a really twitchy athlete who can stick with guys. Travis Hodges Tomlinson, you know, he came in around five, I want to say seven, five eights, and then around 170, 180. So definitely on the smaller side. But again, you turn on the tape. He's phenomenal when it comes to route recognition, instincts and in zone, crazy explosive athlete. I mean, his he's the nephew of Ladanian Tomlinson, so that doesn't come as a surprise. But, I mean, the dude is explosive, fast, super physical. So these are two guys who might fall down the board and fall into the Jaguars' lap if you have a role for them in the slot. You know, and again, you'd want to be multiple. Like I said, if there's a move tight end in the slot, you probably don't want Keytrell Clark or, or THD going up against him. But hey, there's options on the other side too. You know, I look at a couple safeties that have cornerback versatility. Jay Ward from LSU had some interesting reps at the Senior Bowl. He's a guy who was around 6'1, 6'2. He's got length, he's got fluidity, he's really good in run support. Trey Dean, I mentioned him earlier from Florida. But he played corner in, I think, 2018 and was actually very good, right? So at 6'3", over 210 pounds, you know, super explosive, elite athlete. I mean, guys don't move like this guy, but he's very fluid. He's got great off-man technique, great physicality at the stem and at the catch point, right? So there's a lot of guys, man. And the fun part is it's not just one mold. It's a lot of different, you know, player types that you can fit, you know. So I think if you're the Jaguars, you mentioned bulky, liking length on the boundary as well. You know, there's guys like 
I want to say Alex Austin from Oregon State. You want to get him in round three. You want to get Carrington Valentine from Kentucky. You know, Rajon Wright, also at Oregon State. You know, Miles Brooks from Louisiana Tech. There's so many different names. I could keep going down the list at corner, but, I mean, it's a deep class. So, you know, and even if you do get Devin Witherspoon at 24 or have to trade up a little bit to get him, you can double dip and you can take guys. You can really maximize that position group. So I think the depth is really there at corner the most. Uh, it is pretty deep at edge and interior defensive line as well. I'd say the edge depth is a little bit stronger than the interior defensive line group. Uh, I think in my mock draft, I had Isaiah Fosky uh, going in, in round two for them. So I think yeah, that's going to be di- that's going to be interesting. You know, seeing how the stock fluctuates for certain guys because I think you know opinions are going to be across the board. Like Isaiah Fosky. He was a guy that I had as a, as a round one prospect heading into the year, and he's been slipping a little bit. You know, there are questions about the hit flexibility. Uh, his hand usage is interesting. It's it's volatile is what I'd like to say because the highs are extremely high. I mean, like we're talking brilliance, like perfectly timed, stacking, stacking three moves and really lightning fast combos. But, you know, the lows are pretty low as, as well. You know, not really coming in with a plan, you know, just going straight power and getting stalled out pretty quickly because he can't move. He can't deconstruct quick enough so you know he's got to find more consistency but if he can put it together he's got the talent he's got the explosiveness the length the power capacity uh and he's got a hot motor as well so i like foskey i like nolan smith in that range too round two round three you know i do think at his build he doesn't have great length or power capacity um you know so that's gonna impact him a little bit i think he still has room to refine his hand usage as a pass rusher but you talk about a high level run defender at around 6'3, 235 nolan smith is that dude i mean he's so good at acquiring leverage ripping through blocks he's very instinctive in short areas and then he's got incredible athleticism too i mean he tested out of this world coming out of high school so explosive bendy agile all the raw tools are there to mold him into a very good pass rusher he's just still a little green there so that'll come in time but then bj ojulari as well i mean the list goes on and on i think that round two range early round three is really where you, where you can get a good edge rusher really good tools to mold in your rotation obviously for the jaguars i would prefer a guy who's kind of coming in with a little more refinement right off the bat because you need that pass rushing presence so that would point me to a guy like maybe Ojulari or Foskey or Felix and TK Uzama from Kansas State. But there's options there. There's really options there. And, and that's the fun part. You know, you can kind of mix it up. There's flexibility for what you want to do. And if the round one doesn't kind of fall your way, you have an opportunity to rebound and kind of capitalize on that later on. Yeah, I love it. And the pick of Foskey at 56 overall, I think when you're talking about that range for him, it starts to get to be where you're talking about potentially a big value uh, on Isaiah Foskey because he is more of a, in my mind, late day one, early day two type of prospect because he isn't consistent, right? We get that. But the physical profile, really impressive. He has the type of length you're looking for. He has the big, strong hands you're looking for. And he does it all. I mean, he makes splash plays against the run. He makes splash plays against the pass. He makes splash plays on special teams. Um, It wasn't like a standout week necessarily for him at the senior bowl, but there was plays that he made every single day that you're like, oh, that's why you want him on your football team. You Mm -hmm. saw him punching a ball out one day, getting a forced fumble. I saw him actually winning on the outside track against um, Jalen Duncan with a quick little move, got into his chest, got around him. Um, And so he's a guy that I just see as, you know, you bring him in here. He's obviously not your, your first or second rusher, right? He's going to be a rotational guy because you have Josh Allen and you have Trayvon Walker. So if you bring him in, in that role, I think he can do a lot of good things for you and develop into a starter as the years go on. Yeah, and I think he's going to fit very well as a stand-up edge rusher as well because at Notre Dame, they dropped him into coverage a lot. You know, it's it's to the point where, you know, like, yeah, he's got the athleticism to do it if you really need him to, but, you know, is it the best use of his tools? And I don't think it is. I think, you know, pin, letting him pin his ears back and really just be that guy as a stand-up edge is very valuable. And, you know, you mentioned the, run, the plays he makes in run defense too. Like, you know, this guy, his pass rushing – is really exciting to me because the flashes are there. It's not just a matter of, you know, he's kind of, you know, mid, right? Like, no, he's got flashes of brilliance where he's, you know, offsetting the tackle with a Euro step and going outside and, you know, using a club swim, you know, club swipe, right? You know, 
cross chop, double swipe. He's got a very, very, he's got a vast arsenal of hand moves. It's just employing them with consistency. That's kind of the issue for him right now. So I think getting some time with NFL training, you know, NFL coaches can help with that. But then in run defense too. I mean, there's plays on his tape, I think against BYU in particular, he made some really nice plays on the goal line, forklifting blockers up with his length and explosiveness and just wrenching through gaps and, and taking down guys. So, you know, he's got that ability. And that was one reason I chose him over other guys is because, you know, he does have that size and that length and that play strength uh, to become a three down presence, right? You know, some of the other guys, maybe a little smaller, maybe a little easier to get washed out by, by combo blocks, right? I think Foskey has that three down potential that's really exciting. And I, you know, I, I would agree with your evaluation of him. I'd still consider him late in round one at this point because he does have the explosiveness and the flashes are definitely there. But again, like we've kind of covered a couple of times, we don't know how the board is going to fall. So if he does fall to mid round two, you got to swipe up that value. Yeah, certainly. And the other guys that were in that range, you mentioned Nolan Smith. I wonder if they would be in on Nolan Smith just because of how small he is at the position. Do you think he's going to have the length that teams are looking for? Me personally, I think he'll be a little below average there. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, my estimate is 32 and a half, 32 and three fourths, maybe like, you know, not terrible, right? You know, he's got enough to work with, but at the same time, it's not, you know, the long levers that we saw from Walker. You know, a big reason why Walker was drafted number one overall is because, yeah, he's a freak athlete, but his arms are over 35 inches, right? So, you know, he's explosive and he can leverage that into insane amounts of power. I, I like to, the analogy I like to use is like if you're, if you're swinging a hammer, right? You know, like if you want more control, you choke it up the handle a little bit, but you're not going to be able to get as much power as you would if you were holding it at the very bottom of the handle, right? So it's kind of the same way, right? If you have longer arms, you can generate more power. That's just kind of how it is. It's how you're built. And Nolan Smith, he can generate good power for what he has for his size, but he's just, you know, the way he's built, the ceiling isn't quite, isn't going to be quite as big as it would be with a guy like Fosse or, or Walker. So, you know, I do think some teams it won't matter as much because he is a freak athlete with explosiveness and legitimate, you know, eye-catching bend around the edge, the ankle flexion, very impressive. But yeah, he's a little bit on the smaller side, especially when it comes to length. So, you know, there's teams that have thresholds for that. And if he doesn't meet them, some teams will take him off the board for that. Me personally, I'm never a fan of taking a guy off the board entirely for that because he does have redeeming qualities. But I do think it will be an issue for some. Yeah. And I could see it being an issue for the Jaguars if he's under those length thresholds. Um, and I just think they like guys that can play multiple spots along the front. I, I don't think you're really going to have Nolan Smith in the NFL taking a rep at like three, four defensive end. Oh, no, for sure. Right? No, right. He's, he's that guy. He's kind of <laughs> like, kind of like, I mean, you know, somewhere like Fossey can get his hand in the dirt if you need him to, right? Nolan Smith, for me, I prefer him standing up two point stance most often. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah. So a couple of these other guys that could be in that range. BJ Ojolari, I have not watched a pass rusher this class, you know, outside of Jared Verse, who's not in this class that in my mind has that is as close 
from a um, athleticism and from the skill set, the, the arsenal of pass rush moves to really being a dynamic impact pass rusher at the next level. And I know Ojolari has some questions about his power generation, his ability to hold up at the point of attack. But if you're bringing in a guy like to be your third rusher, does Ojolari make a lot of sense? I think he does. I think, yeah, I mean, the role that you just described is really the role that I would have for him right away, that third rusher, right? You know, it's kind of interesting because him and Nolan Smith, you can say they kind of have similar profiles. I think Ojolari is a little bit denser at his size, but I think Smith has better play strength and run defense. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's visible, better play strength. So it's interesting. Uh, but I also think Ojolari, like you said, is the more refined pass rushing threat right now. And I think his athleticism is very translatable there, explosive, a uh, really twitchy guy who can offset tackles with his lateral agility. He's got great bend and flexibility through gaps and under the apex, right? So, you know, he's got all that, and he can generate power too. You know, again, power generation is not elite with him, and with his size, I'm not sure it's ever going to be. But when you're ex- as explosive as he is off the line, you get off the line quick, you attack the torso, you can get through guys. And he's shown that he can do that, and he can stack moves off of that. The run defense is the issue with him. And I think the play strength, it, it really shows up. He can get washed out pretty easily. So that's why I'd say, you know, probably best as a pass rushing specialist early on. But if you're the Jaguars, if that's exactly what you need, right, let Trayvon Walker handle the early down stuff. You know, maybe roll Ojolari out there on third downs, right, and just let him pin his ears back and use his tools to get around the edge. He's the guy that can do that for you, right? So for the Jaguars, it's really just a matter of, you know, are we okay rolling the dice with a guy like that and maybe hoping that he develops into something more? Or are you, you know, would you rather get a Nolan Smith who you know, you know, no matter what down you put him out there, he's got the tools to do something. It's just right now he's not as refined as a pass rusher. So that's the discussion you have. But if you're looking for a guy who can make an impact right away in that phase, probably not going to have the early down utility right away. But Ojulari, I mean, the, the athleticism, the hand usage, the flexibility, the motor, that's all there from him. Yeah, it's so exciting watching him just pin his ears back and attack the backfield. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a lot of fun if he ends up in the right place. But last two guys I wanted to talk about here, uh, edge-wise, I just think that when I look at their profiles, they scream Trent Balky to me, um, and that's Will McDonald and Zach Harrison. I think they both have really good length and really good athleticism. That seems like something Balky's going to value. Yeah, for sure. Will McDonald, I'll start with him because I think he's another guy, maybe round three for him. I mean, he could go round two. He could even be, you know, and I hate saying this because it sounds like a hot take, but, you know, we see surprise round one picks every year. And we know McDonald is going to test out of this world, you know, probably over 40 inch vertical, maybe over 41, 42. He's going to test very well. And he's got a very, very good combination of natural leverage and proportional length, which is very valuable going up against tackles. He's Older, he's going to be a 24-year-old rookie, right? So you got to take that into account. I would have him more in the round two, round three valuation, but it could happen. You know, we've seen surprise picks before, so you always got to stay open to that. But if, if he's there in round two or round three, you know, I would really like him for the Jaguars because, as you said, I mean, he's explosive. He's got those 35-inch arms to go with, you know, round 6'3", 241. I like that he weighed in over 240 at the Senior Bowl. That was really good for him. And to back it up, he showed that he could retain his athleticism at that weight. So that was a good step in the right direction for him. And you see, you know, he's got a wicked spin move. I mean, saw a clip on Twitter about it yesterday. You know, it's, it's you know, not just the athleticism, the physical tools, but applying them effectively. He's shown he can do that. And his tape is interesting because Iowa State, I think they misused him a lot. You know, you see him lining up at 4i a lot, right? Like inside the tackle. Like this is a guy who's 240 pounds, right? Even for as long as he is, you want him being that stand-up edge rusher. You want him having a little more space to work with so he can manipulate these tackles because he's shown he can do it when he does have space. And I think that in the right spot, the Jaguars could be the right spot. He could be that guy. Similar to Ojulari. I do think the early down utility could be a little bit lesser early on because he, he, he doesn't have great play strength, you know, because he is a little lighter. But again, I think, you know, his length allows him to counteract that a little bit more. So I, I don't think he's quite as bad. And I hate using the word bad, but I think he's a little bit better than Ojulari in run defense right now. And on top of that, he's a great pass rushing catalyst. Um, who's the other guy you mentioned? I forgot. I was, I was uh, Zach Harrison. Yeah. Zach Harrison. Yeah, there we go. He's, a, he's another interesting one, a different mold, right? Because I think around six foot six, 265, but he's got crazy long arms. I think he might measure in the definitely over 35, maybe 36, 
we'll see. We know he's going to measure in very, very large. He's a large human being. And on top of that, too, I think he was a five-star recruit out of high school. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he came in with like a – I think there's reports that he's ran a 4-4 in, in the 4-4s, I think high 4-4, four four, uh, which is insane. I mean, the dude is a freak athlete, and it shows up. I mean, I, I, I always go back. There's a lot of tape on Harrison. He's been around a while. He never had that breakout. But I always go back to the end of that Maryland game against Jalen Duncan. He beat Duncan like a drum for three straight reps. I mean, exploding around the edge using ankle flexion to get under him, using his length to kind of pry through and kind of establish that lever, right? And using those club club rips around the edge. I mean, this dude has it. He has the tools. And I think he's got some alignment versatility to him as well. You know, being as athletic as he is, you can let him rush off the edge as that stand-up guy, but he can rotate inside too. And I think he can forklift guys up with that explosiveness and length. There's an elite power generation equation there for him. Um, you know, maybe it needs a little bit more refinement than you'd want, you know, a little bit more consistency than you'd want for a guy who's been playing for a long time. But I mean, hey, the tools are there and he's definitely going to show them at the combine. So, you know, he's another one where you get him in a room with Trayvon Walker. That's a pretty exciting amalgamation of tools that's present. And, you know, you just got to if you have the right coaches, it could really become something special. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be something. Uh, all these guys we've talked about in the second round with Edge. There's there, there's different aspects about each guy's game that you like more, you like less. That's the fascinating thing about it. How do the Jaguars parse all this? Um, and and how does Trent Balky and 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 Doug Peterson and the rest of these guys value uh, these different skill sets? I can't wait to find out. Um, but I did want to say uh, or ask you, I should say, mm -hmm. um, let's say the Jags didn't trade up to sixteen to get Devon Witherspoon and they took a cornerback still in the first round and an edge still in the second round. So you've got your same position that you've attacked, but you still have your third round pick because you didn't trade it away to get Devon Witherspoon. Is there a guy or group that you potentially would like for them in the third? I think, again, it depends on who's there, right? I think right. offensive tackle is one that you could look at. And they got Cam Robinson coming back from injury. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Juwan yeah. Taylor is scheduled to be a free agent this offseason, correct? Right. So you do have that. But Walker Little played very well down the stretch with his limited opportunities. So, you know, that's one position where you don't need to pick it. But if there is a guy that's very good at that spot, I look at a guy like Wanye Morris from Oklahoma. You know, again, played very well in the Senior Bowl. Uh, he's an elite athlete. I mean, you watch this guy on tape. He launches off the line and run defense and run blocking. He's got arms over 35 inches. He's just a massive guy who's got pretty good knee bends too and le leverage acquisition. So, Wanye Morris stands out to me as a name that could be could be uh, uh, in in contention there. I think um, wide receiver is another position that I'd, I'd at least have an eye on. Again, I think if you're the Jaguars, getting Calvin Ridley next year kind of. It, kind of, it doesn't preclude you from taking one, but it kind of alleviates the pressure. You don't have to pick a guy there if you don't need to, if the value isn't there. But again, if there's a guy like Zay Flowers, say, you know, I, I don't, he might go round two, right? But with those smaller guys, you can never be sure. There's always a chance that they fall down the board. Um, so I would keep an eye out for that as well. You know, kind of a guy with some versatility between alignments, you know, some dynamic ability, athleticism, uh, or a size guy as well. If Cedric Tillman is there having that alpha on the boundary. I'm a big fan of Tillman because he's around 6'3, 215, and he has those contested catches on his tape, but he's a nuanced route runner as well. I mean, he can separate. He's got great hip sync and foot speed and throttle control. Um, and yeah, he's just a very complete receiver to me. So Cedric Tillman, you know, Rasheed Rice as well could be an option depending on where he falls. I know there's some injury concerns with him. Uh, but, you know, when he's healthy, I, I think he's one of the better three-level threats in this class. So getting one of those size receivers or dynamic threat could also be an option. And I look at running back, too. I would probably wait until day three for running back from the Jaguars. Um, but I do think, like, Rashawn Johnson from Texas, if he's still there on, on day three, round four, I would be all over that because he's a phenomenal complimentary back who I think if you needed to put him in an increased role, he'd be able to do well for you. So, there's a few positions, you know, offensive line could probably maybe target a guard as well there if you need that. Uh, but I do think that the Jaguars, I think corner and edge, if you can get good players at those positions early on, you're sitting pretty for the rest of it. Yeah, I love all those picks you just mentioned. And I did want to, you know, give us have us give a little apology to Jalen Duncan. Two of our guys picking on him. Uh, <laughs> over the. I will, I will say Jalen Duncan had some nice reps at the senior bowl. Yeah, he did. You know, for, for me, it's... 
you know, you never want to – sometimes the draft process naturally has a way of commodifying these guys. Like, oh, I want this round two pick. I, oh, I want this round three pick. These are human beings who are – you know, they're all working to refine their craft, right? And I think Jalen Duncan – you know, I apologize because everyone has their highlights. Everyone has their lowlights. That Zach yeah. Harrison performance against Duncan, definitely a low light. But I think it, it's valuable to mention Duncan because he is a high-level prospect. So Harrison performing well against him. Says a lot about Harrison, right? You know, with Duncan, it doesn't take away from the redeeming qualities that he has, too. So, and we talk about round three options for the Jaguars. If Duncan is still on the board, too, at that point, I'd consider him as well because he's a phenomenal athlete. He's got great footwork. He's got great foot speed. You know, right? You want to see the hand usage be a little more refined at this point, but he's got redeeming qualities, too. So, yeah, I mean, you make it, you know, I, I love that you, you know, kind of put that in there because we do need to, you know, you don't want to bag on guys, right? It's the draft process. Everybody's got their pros. Everybody's got their cons, and it's up to teams to ultimately weigh it and kind of decide where they want to go. Yeah, I've been a little low on Duncan, but obviously the traits are there, and you mm-hmm. saw him put it together a little bit at the Senior Bowl, which you liked. Uh, so yeah, I think he's going to be interesting. You mentioned Wanya Morris as well. I think that's very interesting uh, for the Jaguars if he's available in the third round, because like you said, both of those guys are big time athletes, big time tools and traits, uh, and they played well at the Senior Bowl. Um, so yeah, and then and talking real about quick, this, I, I also got to mention tight end because we don't know yeah. that Engram is going to resign. You know, we know there's some interest, but we don't know. So if a guy like Luke Musgrave, probably going to be a round two guy, if I had to guess, but if he's still there again, I mean, elite explosiveness and speed for his size at 6'5, 255 with almost 36 inch arms. So the reach, the explosiveness, that's insane. Tucker Craft from uh, South Dakota State could be another one as well. You know, it's a good tight end class. So that's another position, too, where you could wait until day three and there's still value there. But hey, I guess the lesson of the day, man, is there's a lot of depth to go around. And that's always a good thing, especially at these positions we're talking about for the Jags. Mm-hmm. Yep, it kind of just fell that way, man. I love it. I love it. You know, you can't yeah. control it, but that's how it is. And it's a great thing to see, especially for a team like the Jags, where if you hit on those early round picks and get a couple gems later on you'd be in a very good spot for 2023 bond. Yeah, I love Luke Musgrave. I've been kind of a Luke Musgrave stand over here for the last couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, would love that pick. Um, you mentioned Roshan Johnson too. I think he's really interesting for the Jaguars because he would bring that ability to be a you know quality pass pro guy. Yep. And while he's big and physical, he also has like some – some surprising athleticism and overall speed to his game. Yeah, for sure. He's one of those guys who, you know, again, I do think the hips are a little stiff at times, right? But I mean, yeah. you play with Bijan Robinson, you everything's going to look bad because Bijan's <laughs> just an insane talent. But, you know, Rashawn Johnson, yeah, I mean, six foot, 225. He's that big body back. He's got really good contact balance. But like you said, I do think there's enough foot speed there to work with in short ranges. And when he's able to open up, he's got some really nice speed, like you said. And he's got good vision. He can use that effectively. Good receiver out of the backfield. Really good pass blocker. Again, it's just when you're looking for a running back, especially in round four, round five, and he could go round three. I mean, I know there's going to be NFL evaluators who are very high on Rashawn Johnson. You know, so he could go earlier than anyone expects. But, you know, if he does slip to round four, you're looking for that utility back who can really fulfill a role on all three downs. You can trust him going out there and pass protect if you need him to. And he he fits that perfectly. He's the first guy that comes to mind when I'm thinking of who's the guy that I can trust early on in any role. And then on top of that, he's a good runner, Rashawn Johnson. Yeah, I love that. Um, I've held you up here a lot longer than we were planning on, but <laughs> that's mainly my fault. We talked about it before the recording, like, Hey, we might, we might go over. So that's my, I, I take full responsibility. I do appreciate your time. The one last thing I wanted to say, we're talking about how does this Jaguars team level up? How do you get better? And, and trading up, I think, I think that this football team needs more high impact players and not as many just decent players like they've got decent players throughout the roster i think what they're lacking is guys that are dominant you look at the kansas city chiefs every time they step on the field they have the three best players on the field you look at teams like the eagles every time they're on the field at least six seven out of the top 10 players in that game are probably going to be eagles players i think the jaguars need more guys like that and so i think being aggressive to go get a guy that you think could be that type of guy, like a Devon Witherspoon, a real high impact player on your football team makes sense for the Jaguars. 
Absolutely. It's just all about where is your team right now and what steps can you take to get where you want to go? You know, for the Jaguars in particular, if you're getting closer and you feel that being aggressive is the way to go, then be aggressive. If you're another team and you feel that, you know, you're getting closer, but maybe you have enough star, star power, maybe what you need is depth and well in a well-rounded roster, then maybe you stay put or trade down. You know, I think every team's situation is different. And that's the best part about doing mock drafts is you take all that into account and decide what's best for you. So it's going to be fun. I think the Jaguars are one of those teams that they have a stronger case to trade up than most in that 20 to 32 range. Uh, but they have a lot of options. They have over a dozen you know, outcomes to sift through just like everyone else. So it'll be fun to see what they ultimately do. It'll probably be something that we never discuss at all, right? Because that's that's just the NFL draft for you. It has a way of keeping you on your toes. No doubt about it. I've seen people uh, like guys on YouTube just like slamming Mel Kuyper for missing picks over and over again. Yeah. You're trying to get into the mind of 32 different decision makers mm-hmm. and really more than that because there there's one guy that ultimately pulls the trigger for each team, but there's a whole a whole group, a whole uh, staff of people scouting and studying these guys and helping make these decisions. So I just think it's funny when people get overly critical of people missing on draft mock drafts. It's impossible to get it right. The best we can do is, you know, provide our own input and, you know, have the reasoning to back it up and explain thoroughly, you know, why we feel the way that we do. And that's all you can do. (laughs) You're never going to get it. So the time comes late April, the draft is here. You know, for all the analysis and and thought that you put into it, the best you can do is just sit back and watch. Yeah, well, I can't wait for it. You do one of the best jobs I've seen of anyone uh, trying to cover all the bases and and give um, context. You know, you're not very you're not super rigid. And I think that's critical. You've got to be flexible in this business. And I just appreciate your point of view. Appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, Go ahead and let everybody know one more time your Twitter handle, your new Twitter handle. It's not the one you're seeing on the screen right now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, you know, on the welcome screen, before I came into the StreamYard lobby, like I had an opportunity to change it. I forgot to. But it is uh, at IC underscore draft on Twitter now. So that's my new handle. That's where you can find me. Um, just I'm continuing to write scouting reports on guys kind of moving down the board. We'll have report updates coming before the combine and a lot of coverage on the combine and pro days and all the way leading up to the draft. So that's where you can find me, hit me up, ask me any draft questions you might have, and let's get through this thing together. We are almost on the home stretch, but we've got a ways to go. Yeah, I'm really excited for it. Let's definitely get together again before the draft, maybe talk after the draft about what the Jaguars do. Really appreciate your time, Ian. Appreciate you coming on. And for all of y'all, thank you so much for listening to Duval Daily, and have a good one. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.